Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So, if you want more illumination in the Word of God, You have to obey what you already know. And if you're not obeying that, you're not going to get more illumination. The Bible looks like a blank page to you when you study it. It doesn't register to the top. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen up, do the word, and there will be more coming to you. When you hear and obey, there's more understanding, more opportunities, growth in your life. Play around with the word. Don't do much. You'll never grow. Pastor Mark has been teaching from Luke 8, which chronicles another day in the life of Jesus. Jesus has been speaking about truth, using light as a metaphor. He's been talking about our need to receive the light and become light bearers in the same way Jesus is, reflecting his light to those around us. In the same way that Jesus' claims of divinity were controversial, he will be making statements regarding family that will ruffle some feathers too. Some of us have experienced alienation from our physical family as a result of our acceptance into God's heavenly family. As difficult as this is, Jesus did tell us it would happen. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with today's message, Know, Do, Share, and Believe God's Word. Listen to me. Know the word and do the word. Just follow through this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't know who it involves. You take care of that. God will forgive you. And you'll leave this place changed. By the way, one day, every knee will bow and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. The problem is, for most of those people, it's too late. They've tried to hide their sin. It doesn't work. Now, here's a great principle in verse 18. This is huge. Look at it. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. In other words, as you're listening to the word this morning, what Jesus is going to say is you're accountable You're hearing the word. Do the word now. It's not like you don't know truth. You know truth. I just shared with you truth. If you have guilt, get rid of it by confessing. Do it with the people, with God, whatever. So he says this, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Whoever knows the truth and does it will be given more truth. Remember, truth illuminates. Whoever does not have Even what they think they have will be taken from them. Write this down this morning. Here's what it means. We are accountable for the word we hear. Now, I've locked the door so nobody could get out. You say, well, I already heard that thing. I don't want to hear any more truth. Oh, yes, you do. Because truth is what sets us free if we obey it. Now, why does he make this crazy statement to a group of people? Because 
Many of the people were broken into groups, just like they are here. The groups of people were listening to Jesus. The disciples were paying attention. So what does he say? If you listen to what I said and you do it, you're going to get more truth. You're going to get more illumination. You're going to get more direction in your life. Now, some of the other people are going, cool, what time is lunch? It's, it's almost, is he going to ever get through? I'm, I'm hungry right now. I'm not, not really caring about that kind of stuff at all. And so the truth that's in front of you is going over your head. Not interested. You're just here. So more truth coming to you? No. No more truth is coming to you. Because you didn't obey what was already given. Now, here's what you want to write down. It's very simple. It's a very simple statement. Hearing and obeying brings more understanding. That shouldn't surprise you. Why shouldn't that surprise you? Here's a principle I learned in my life many years ago. I learned it the hard way. If you want to know what to do next in your life, we all need direction. You have decisions you have to make. Life is just a bunch of decisions. If I want to know what to do next, I have to obey what God has already told me to do. Now, that should make sense to you. Here I am, and I'm trying to make this decision over in this area. It, it can be financial, marriage, relationship, job, doesn't matter. God loves us to come. Ask for wisdom. But if I'm here asking God, God's going to come and say to me, uh, you know the thing I told you two weeks ago to do? You haven't done it yet. I know God, but I got busy. I'm not interested in that right now. I'm interested in this. God said, no, 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 no. I'm interested in this. Why would I give you direction when you didn't follow direction the last time I gave it to you? Does that make sense to anybody here? Of course it does. So if you want more illumination in the word of God, you have to obey what you already know. And if you're not obeying that, you're not going to get more illumination. The Bible looks like a blank page to you when you study it. It doesn't register to the top. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen up, do the word, and there will be more coming to you. When you hear and obey, there's more understanding, more opportunities, growth in your life. Play around with the word. Don't do much. You'll never grow. So let me challenge you. Again, hearing and obeying brings me, and I need it, and you need it every day, more direction, more understanding of my life. Light gives more light. It's huge. Next. Now, Jesus is going to do some things that it seems very strange to you. Look at Luke 8, verse 19. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to him, but they were not able to get near him because Jesus had turned off his iPhone. Mary was texting him. They couldn't get in the house. So she said, I'll just text him. I'm sure he'll respond to me. I'm his mother. And they couldn't get in the house because of the crowd. Now, I'm going to unpack that for you. But I just want to take a side step just for a moment. And this isn't against anything. This is just truth. And you need to know it. And I'll say it as kindly as I know how. Because you need to know truth. Notice the first part of this verse. Jesus' mother and what? brothers. The Bible tells us in many places, many places, that Jesus had four brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. The Bible also tells us that Jesus had sisters. They were all half-brothers and half-sisters. We don't know how many of them. We don't even have their names. We just know he did. So it's very clear from Scripture that children were born to Joseph 
and Mary after the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's exquisitely clear. Jesus is called, in Luke chapter 2, the firstborn of Mary, implying what? There will be others that would be born. In fact, we see this in Scripture. Look at it. I have it for you on the overhead, Matthew 125. But he did not have sexual relationships, Joseph, with her, Mary, notice the key word, until her son was born, which is Jesus the miraculous. And Joseph named him Jesus. That meant, listen, Mary didn't remain a virgin all her life. But what have we watched over the television in the last few days? Much of what they teach is incorrect. This is incorrect. Mary did not remain a virgin, but consummated her marriage after the birth of Jesus. These brothers and sisters were not cousins or from Joseph's first marriage. That's unbiblical. There's no history for that at all. So they were from Mary and Joseph. So what does that mean to us? Let me just say this kindly. It means that Mary was an amazing woman who obeyed God. Can I hear an amen right there? She has amazing faith. But Mary needed a savior. Mary was in the upper room. She needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary is like you and me. So are we instructed in Scripture to worship Mary? No. Are we instructed in Scripture to worship saints? No. Do we pray to Mary? No. Do we pray to saints? No. Who do we pray through? Jesus. There's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. You see, and I hope you understand what I just did. I tried to give you, as Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. I'm not against people. But praying to Mary will not help anybody. Praying through Jesus is where our help comes from. So she's wonderful. She's fantastic. But she was born a sinner just like you and me. And here's brothers and sisters. And we hear all the rest of this crazy stuff that goes through it. So understand. Now, when you, when you look at this passage, why did Mary and his brothers come to see Jesus? Well, Mark gives us more of an illustration. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 3. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. And when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. Now listen what his brothers said. He's out of his mind. Now where is the illumination of that? Jesus' brothers and sisters never believed that Jesus was the Messiah Till after the resurrection. He lived with his brothers and sisters a whole life. They thought, you're crazy. You're saying, lay down your life and you'll save it? What are you, nuts? So they didn't believe this at all. Plus, the Jewish religion, which was the focus in those days, they were Jewish worshipers. What did the Jewish people, the religious Jewish people think of Jesus? He's filled with demons. So this friend, remember Jesus himself said this one day, I came to my own. Who's his own? Jewish people. And what did the Jewish people do? They rejected him. So with this pressure, Mary comes, Mary believes in Jesus, but the brothers don't. And they're trying to rescue him because 
they're busy all the time. He doesn't have time to eat. And they think he's going crazy by saying all these things. Well, they misread it. By the way, we learned a few weeks ago when Jesus met the woman at the well, remember? The disciples went away to get some burgers or whatever, and they came back. And they said to Jesus, hey, hey, here's the food we brought for you. And what did he say? I'm not really hungry. And they go, who brought you food? He said, no, I have food you don't know of. He was talking about, he just, that lady just came to the Lord. And the spiritual part of him was already full. See, it wasn't that he was crazy. It wasn't that he was demon-possessed. But people from the outside looked at him and go, man, we need to rescue him. I'm sure the brothers said, let's rescue Get him back home. Sit him down for a little while. What are you teaching? So then he makes a pretty tough statement about a family. Look at verse 20. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. Now watch his reply. My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Whoa. Where does he move it from? He moves it from the physical, the DNA, the blood relative to what kind of relative? The spiritual. Now he's not dishing his family at all. He respects his family. He loves his mother. He loves his brother. He prayed for his half-brothers and half-sisters his whole life. He's not dishing them at all. But he's stressing a real relationship that matters. And that matter was not DNA-related. That was spiritually related. So Jesus says, I love my earthly family, but I really came to enlarge the spiritual family. So you need to write this this morning, and sometimes we don't understand it, but this is a biblical principle all the way through. Here it is. Spiritual relationships supersede physical. See, the real you is not physical. I love my family. I love blood relatives, cousins. By the way, families are messy. Could I hear an amen with that one right there? Okay. Ever have relatives that are a little crazy? That's exactly what they think of you, because we're all a little messy. We love family. Family was designed by God. The world's trying to redesign it, but forget that. One man, one woman, in marriage, knowing God. But what Jesus is saying is, I love my mom, I'm praying for my brothers, but there's a relationship you need to have that's more important than that. You need to know the word, and you need to obey the word. Now, what relationship spiritually was he talking about? Well, if you will, keep your finger right there. We'll turn back very quickly. And you see this statement that I wrote on the overhead, Jesus My family are those who hear God's word and obey it. That's what he says. That's my family. It has nothing to do with anything else. They hear the word and they obey the word. And that's the family of God. That's the family of God. So let's go back to John, the book of John, just one book forward. John 1, verse 12. I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. It's so crystal clear. Watch this. But to all who believed him, Jesus is speaking, and accepted him, repented of their sins, and said, Jesus is real. He's the way to God. He gave the right to become, say it with me, children of who? Of God. Now, look at That means the relationship he's talking about is a spiritual relationship. If I repent and accept Jesus, I'm put into the family of God. And the family of God is the family that lives in heaven. Understand where this is going. That's why Jesus came. 
Now look at verse 13. How does this happen? They are reborn. We would call that born again. Now notice, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. Not from mom and dad having intercourse. It's not a, it's not a child from a natural birth. That's not how it is. But a birth that comes from God. Those two verses tell us how anyone can become a child of God. It's not by good works. It's not by religion. It's not because you have good, quote, DNA from Christian parents. See, if I could get to heaven by having good DNA from Christian parents, I'm already in heaven, baby. Because my grandpa and grandma were pastors. My dad was a pastor for 50 years. I got good DNA. I'm going right to heaven, baby. Not a chance. It has nothing to do with that. See, Jesus' brothers, who was he related to? His brothers. They were, eventually, they get it. God, Jesus is my brother. Thank you very much for the entrance. <laughs> no, what did his brothers have to do? Repent and believe. Same thing Mary had to do. Same thing you and I have to do. There's only one way to get to heaven. Repent and believe. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So let me just show you, and you don't have to write it, but I want you to see it, because the world is totally confused with this. Notice this next statement. The family of God is only those who have been born of God, born again. I'll give you a chance to be born again. See, because born again means I'm in the family of God, and that's, again, who goes to heaven. Why was Jesus stressing this? Well, he's around a people of unbelievers, and he's trying to say to them, look, you want to spend eternity in heaven. It doesn't come from your relationships on earth. It comes from your relationship with God. Many people don't understand that God's approachable. God loves you. He's crazy about us. He created every one of us. But to have that relationship, the thing that separates us is sin. Your sin, my sin, born with sin, and I practice sin. That has to be forgiven. Now, many of you have relatives, as I do, and loved ones, blood DNA, that are not believers. Don't give up on them. Keep praying. Keep opening. Asking God to minister to them. Jesus' brothers and sisters didn't come to him, Christ, until after the resurrection. How many would agree with this statement? Sometimes the hardest people to reach for Christ are our family. Could I hear a hand? Yeah. And you've heard this at home. You can come over for dinner, but don't you say anything about this Jesus guy. <laughs> How many know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, sometimes that's because you open your mouth way too much. We finally learned that. But other times they're what? They're guilty. They're guilty. So what do we do? Well, I honor the request. I don't push it, but I talk it to God through prayer. Don't give up. Some of you are here, and you told your relatives, shut up. But God got to you anyway. I love it. <laughs> now, when you think about that, remember, nobody is beyond the reach of God's love. Nobody. Nobody. Now, back to Luke 8.22. And, and this is a great story. Jesus was with, with his disciples, and he's teaching his disciples. So he's going to kind of teach you and I today. So we're going to take a little boat ride. When you go down to verse 22, here's the Balmer translation. One day Jesus said to his disciples, as we try to go over to the other side of the lake, we're all going to die. 
How many would have gotten in the boat? Nobody. We're not stupid. Jesus says, you get in this boat, we ain't getting to the other side, we're all going to die. Is that what Jesus said? He said, Ben, it's kind of stupid, isn't it? Did you get enough sleep or what? During the boat ride, this is exactly what the disciples believe. But this is not what Jesus said. We're going to talk about faith. Let's see what Jesus really said. Take a look at verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to read these next seven or eight words with me. Here we go out loud. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So did Jesus say we're going to die? No, he says we're going to land safely where? Come on. On the other side of the lake. But what are the disciples going to believe? They're going to die. Now, why does that happen? That's what we want to unpack. So they got into the boat and they set out. See, this is the picture of life of a Christ follower. Write this down this morning. For a Christ follower, life is a journey with Jesus in our boat. That's just what life is. It's this amazing relationship. It's not religion. It's 24-7. We're doing life with God. We're following Jesus. Jesus gives the commands. We obey. Get in the boat. Away we go. As I was on the ladder last week. You don't just stand there at the bottom step and talk about venture. No, you have to step up for it. They're going on a boat ride. Now, they think it's going to be normal, but it's not going to be normal. And here's a huge principle that as we go through that you need to understand. This is going to be about their faith. What is faith? Listen to it. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Living Bible. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It's the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. Now, here's a little definition that I've written. There's lots of great definitions of faith. Just write this down this morning, would you? Faith, it's the complete confidence that God will do what he said, what he promised. See, the object of faith is always God, what he said, and his word. Now, many people struggle with faith. Over the years, and it's still true today, scientists struggle, but more than just scientists. And in Hebrews 11.6, it says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So many unbelievers, and I've dialogued with lots of them, still do today, here's what they say. You show me, and I'll believe. God doesn't operate that way. He says, you believe, and I'll show you truth. Those of us who have faced having to choose between God's family and our biological family understand the tension that Jesus caused by his statements in the Bible passages today. Pastor Mark, while sympathetic to their plight, wants to remind us of the truth that we can't let anything or anyone come between us and our relationship with Jesus. We need to pray for God to let our light shine, to draw our family to him. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Next time, we're going to get a lesson in faith. Pastor Mark will continue sharing from Luke 8. We'll see the disciples much like we do too often, not trusting in the words that Jesus said to them. While it's easy for us to be critical of them because they were right there with Jesus, Jesus doesn't let us off the hook. We'll see how Jesus handles their unbelief and show his reliability to them. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.